0: Hi, welcome back. My name is Justin Little, host of the Mental Wealth Podcast, now available on Apple, Spotify, and Google, and heard in 25 plus countries. Thank you so much for listening today. To reach out to us on Instagram, please follow us at the mental underscore wealth podcast. For collaboration, sponsorships, and partnerships, please email us at contacttmwp at gmail.com. As always, please take the time to invest into your mental wealth and well being. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Justin Little, and this is the Mental Wealth Podcast. am back alive and well welcome back thank you so much you know i missed this microphone um for all of my regular podcast listeners it's so nice to just speak to you again hopefully you're enjoying hearing the sound of my voice uh, it's been 20 days since we've dropped a regular episode since episode number 25 featuring my friend alana rule By the way, I don't know if I mentioned this at the top of the bonus episode, but that episode, day one, did the most streams, downloads ever. Not our biggest episode. We've had episodes stream longer. It's been out longer, but you guys are still listening to that episode. A lot of you are listening to me now because of that episode. So welcoming in all of our new listeners um, and so excited uh, for... Alana and we have some really cool things that we're gonna be partnering with in the future that we're gonna be announcing soon. But um keep streaming that episode. Uh the Glow of Indigo where she really talked about herself and her story. Well that was the last time we released a full episode. Uh I came back from from Vegas that week, the end of that week into the next week. On the 10th of November, I had a procedure uh where I was under anesthesia, was out of work for a couple of days and um, honestly, just do not really have um, the energy to put out an episode the week after. So let me first backtrack. So November 1st was our last full episode, November 25th. I oh, me. going November 1st, episode number 25, excuse me. The following week, coming back from Vegas, I told you guys I dropped that bonus episode 7 p.m. In New York. You guys are still listening to that episode that was by far the most vulnerable emotional that i ever been within this platform and I think it was important for me to show that vulnerability uh, in this month of November. so that was important to drop but that was a bonus episode so um, definitely have had some content for you but not have had a full episode in almost three weeks so just thank you for your patience understanding because so I just mentioned the come back current had surgery on the 10th that same week I dropped the bonus episode and really did not have the energy to really record and get 10 episodes together for the following week. So we skipped um, the week of the 15th and did not drop anything. But we're back. Um, things have not been perfect. I'm still recovering. I'm still wounded and went into the doctor last week for just a week follow-up from the procedure and there was some complications. Um, I had to, you know, fewer discretion advice here. I had to be reopened up a little bit and for some fluids to drain out to uh, make sure that things don't get infected. But Doing the best I can. I'm under the good care um, of the doctor and people helping me out and stuff like that. So just been taking it easy, not been doing too much. And the good thing is I work from home secularly. so it's not like I have to uh, to do too much out there. So that's what's been going on. Um, I'm feeling uh, indifferent, you know, just. But I'm excited to to be here for this this episode because I'm talking about you know physical health. We're going to get into Movember in just a second and really what that means in detail. But I I just saw a few things that that resonated with me and kind of dispels out um, what I'm feeling and some of the thoughts I've been having I'd like to share with you. This was from a a Twitter page called Third Eye Gangsta. Pretty interesting name. Uh, I don't really feel like sharing myself lately. I'm working hard to feel at home within myself as I've been too disconnected in the past. I lost myself completely by giving away too much. I can't risk to let anyone or anything come in this internal safe space prematurely. I have to learn to open up again and balance out the exchange of energies. It's weird because in this stage everything feels so wrong to me. Nothing resonates, nothing flows smoothly. My body has been rejecting people, situations, even foods I used to love. It's frustrating and I ask for a ton of patience. That's why I keep saying that this ish is so incredibly personal. Nobody knows how deep I had to dig, how hard I worked, how much I'd lost, sacrificed, cried, shed to become a version of myself that I've yet to meet. All I know is that I deserve it. After all, this discomfort and pain. I deserve to know who I've birthed on the other side. And I can't wait to welcome her. In this case, I'm a him. But yeah, I saw that. I resonated with a lot of those feelings. I've kind of some of my close friends, maybe they feel like I haven't been a good friend as of late. I just really just been taking some time for myself and reflecting and just finding out what I really want in my life and in the future and just taking time to to heal, to self-care, to love on myself. And sometimes that means that maybe I'm not being as communicative as possible, but I'm working on that. But those are just some of the things that I've been, I've been feeling just preserving some of my energy and exchanging it with people who I feel like deserve it, you know, it's nothing, no hard feelings or issues with anyone in specific particular, excuse me, or specifically, it's just sometimes you have to know when to take a step back and to really evaluate yourself. So that's something I've been doing intentionally. Um, You know, I I saw something else too about when it comes to to men in honor of Movember, which I'm going to talk about in just a second, is that, you know, men cry. Men have anxiety, men have depression, men have emotions, men feel insecure, men lack confidence, men struggle with body image, men have suicidal thoughts. This is from the Happiness Project. It ended it by saying shout out to all the men going through a lot with no one to turn to because this world has wrongly taught men to mask their emotions, right? And so, you know, I've I've tried to to go against the grain and, and show different layers of who I am and what I'm trying to be on this podcast and use my platform to To teach people who I am right I always say that I've said it before that you know if you've never met me before right like if you've never known who I was in person and some of you just know my voice you've never seen me you could listen to all 26 episodes now of this podcast plus two bonus episodes and I think that you would know me very well right That's the goal beyond just the aspect that we interview people, we talk to people, we get to know people, and you get to know these amazing guests that I get to talk to each and every week. But me as a person, I don't hold anything back, right? And while um, you guys get to know me, I always say, hey, every episode is not going to be for every person, but in every episode, there's something for every person, right? So um, we try to make the episodes practical. We try to make it um, just with information and resources that can really, really uh, change someone's life. So again, we're always open to any suggestions, feedback, email us at contacttmwp at Reach out to us on Instagram at the mental underscore wealth podcast and give us your feedback. But that's how we're growing this platform is just being honest and vulnerable and authentic to myself. Right. And I, I told someone this the other day that I'd rather be hated for who I for who I am than love for who I'm not. So I'll die on the hill of just being myself. And I understand that for the same reason that people love me for it, they'll hate me for it. But that's okay. I'm not everybody's cup of tea. I'm not meant to be for everyone. But I'm going to keep pressing on forward, doing what I do, trying to change lives, trying to end the stigma, trying to take mental health action. That's what I'm here for. And that brings me to Movember. Movember, what is Movember? Maybe you heard about it. Maybe you just thought it was just a cool catchphrase. But it's actually a real thing. Movember has a website. You can go and visit them. Uh, movember.com. They were founded in 2003, 18 years ago by Adam Garone, Travis Garone, Luke Slattery, and Justin Cohen. Uh Headquarters in Melbourne, Australia, also locations in LA, London, and Toronto. Their purpose is to help men live happier, healthier, longer lives, right? And so it's an annual event in November, right? A lot of, not to be confused with no shave November when a lot of men are out their facial hair. Um, it's growing their mustache. Uh, men who may be clean shaven mostly, but growing their mustache to raise awareness of men's health issues, such as prostate cancer, uh, cancer, men's suicide. They run the Movember charity event house at Movember.com. The goal is to change the face of men's health. So not just... Uh, mental health, but health in general. So how ironic for me to leave the podcast talking about my own journey with me missing a week because I was healing. I'm still healing and taking care of myself, right? How important it is for us to really take time uh, to check in with ourselves. And so when it came to this episode, I knew I wanted to do Mm -hmm. an episode focused just on Movember, just focused on men's health i didn't have to look that far to find someone to talk to someone one of my coworkers, one of my colleagues that i've known for almost five years uh, had an amazing story featured uh in our company's website on our company's internal site about their story their journey with their mental health and their physical health and i thought it was a powerful powerful share so i will tell you this interview is a little bit longer than our usual right but there's some surprises uh in it later on the episode Take some time to listen through it. I understand you may not get through it and won't listen, but could not come back after missing three weeks of a regular episode and just shortchange you guys. So I think once you get to the end, you're going to be so glad that you did. I think this episode is going to help a man that you love, a brother that you love, a father that you love. Um, I think it's really going to it's really going to set us in the right, uh, the right state of mind as we wrap up this month of November and really get through the rest of this year. To focus on what's most important so with that being said no further ado this is my conversation with my friend deandre littles all right guys we're back with another episode of the minso wealth podcast i'm your host justin little and i'm here with a good friend of mine, a special guest deandre littles <laughs> not to be confused with little no relation there uh, deandre and myself we go back i met deandre uh almost five years ago when we when i started at the company i work for uh, he worked there already, was a social butterfly, someone that everyone knew on the floor, very helpful in me uh, learning you know, my career and, and getting better at my job and, and things of that nature. Someone always a, a person of support and positivity on the, on the sales floor coming into the, to the atmosphere that I was working in back in 2017. So we've known each other for almost five years. So just excited to welcome you in, DeAndre. Welcome to the Mental Wealth Podcast. How are you doing today, brother?
1: Hey, man, I'm doing just great. I appreciate you having me on.
0: Yeah, you know, we we wanted to bring you in because recently you were featured um, at the company we work for. You know, they featured a story about you um, with focus on Movember. For those of you guys who do not know, Movember is a movement. It's a real thing. It's not just like a buzzword. It's a real thing where men grow out their mustache in November, not to be confused with no shave November, but just as a as a signal to really raise awareness for men's health, men's physical health, cancer, uh and also of course men's mental health and so there was a story about you and some things that you've gone through recently um, that just made me like you'd be this per- perfect special guest uh for this episode about Movember but before we get there into your story and all those you know intricate details let's kind of just go back to the beginning DeAndre like you know where do you come from where were you born where were you raised what was life like for you uh growing up sure
1: we glad to share Um, So I'm originally from, uh, I claim Brooklyn, New York, uh, but I've lived here in Virginia. So most of my life, so I I really have to claim, you know, Chesapeake, Virginia as, you know, my other hometown. Um, The dynamic of my relationship with, you know, my upbringing was very uh, trying. So I had uh, young parents. uh, They were in their early or sorry, their late teens when they had, uh, you know, me, my brother and my sister. Um, They ended up getting a divorce um, before having my third brother. And both of them had their own uh, drug issues that they grew up with, uh, different things that they used that they never really talked about. So, um, got separated from them, was raised by my grandmother for a short period of time. She passed away. um, God rest her soul. Uh, She happened to um, give the rights over to my great aunt who raised me. Um, I lived a pretty good lifestyle as a child. You know, I grew up in uh, Jolf Woods, which is in Chesapeake, Virginia. I got to go to Western Branch High School, uh, got a great education. um, And I had to learn a lot about uh, understanding who I was because I lived in a world where um, I wasn't black enough for the black kids and I wasn't white enough for the white kids. Um, So I kind of lived in that in-between section and kind of figuring out life. Um, Had a very small circle of friends, you know, about three people who I truly trusted with my whole heart um, in terms of friendship. Uh, my brother and sister, we had a pretty decent relationship. Uh, most recently, even now, my sister and I, we just kind of had a separation uh, from each other where I had to kind of, you know, love her from afar at this point. Uh, my brother, very close relationship. Um, knew him all my life growing up. Um, always looked out for him. Always appreciated him looking out for me. Um, we're almost darn near twins. We're Irish twins. Um, and, you know, one of the biggest things that I've learned in my uh, my age now, from what I look back in my story and saying, you know, there are so many mistakes that I've made and that I created so many issues for myself, but all those things are things that I learned from that made me a lot stronger now. And um, figuring out things later in life, you know, I can appreciate and look back and say, you know, I wish I would have seen a therapist sooner. I wish I would have, you know, started working on my health sooner. I wish I would have done a lot of different things, but those are the things that made me for who I am today and made me the positive person that I am that, you know, goes forth and loves everybody around them.
0: Wow. So you've, you've been through a lot, a couple of things that, um, stuck out to me. One, you mentioned the divorce, um, your parents divorced. obviously they had you at a young age, you have a few siblings, uh, but they divorced. Um, how did that affect you growing up? And this having that separation between your parents, were you still able to have, you know, good relationships? You, you mentioned too, that they one or both of them maybe had some substance abuse problems as well. So, you know, walk walk, walk yourself back there. Like how did, how do you feel like that affected you or your mind as a youngster growing
1: up? Um, Looking at it from a uh, a kid's perspective, I still had a good relationship with my dad somewhat because I always believed that he was going to come back. Um, He came back from time to time um, to visit, Uh, didn't have a strong relationship per se, but I was always happy to see him because, you know, all kids are happy to see their dad when they come home. Um, my mom and I—we did not have a relationship whatsoever. I met my mom when I was 17, going to 18, gradu- getting ready to graduate from um, high school. Um, I met her on through AOL because I got a screen name. I can't remember from who, but we ended up speaking on AOL's um, IM system. And um, I decided that after high school, I was going to do a little bit of traveling and travel around the country um, to figure out who I was and where I was going. And in there, she invited me to come down to Charlotte, North Carolina, to. Uh, try to build that relationship. Uh, But, you know, taking a step back real quick, just talking about my dad and my mom, they both had some type of substance abuse. Again, they didn't talk about it much. They never, they would never own up to what it was. Um, I could definitely tell in my dad because my dad used to do things that, um, you know, transporting things, doing things that he shouldn't do. Um, You know, I know you hung out with certain people he shouldn't hang out with. He he was he was a, a very promiscuous guy on top of all things else. So he was definitely w- wasn't a terrible guy. He had a very big heart, but he wasn't the best role model. Um, my mom, she definitely had some substance abuse. I know she, from many of the stories that I've heard from her, she told me at one point in time in her lifetime, I think she took, she hung out with Bobby Brown or used to hang out with the people around Bobby Brown or something to that effect. And you know, needless to say, she wasn't doing anything you know too good hanging out with that group of people. And for it, I think that's what caused a lot of their mental health that they had issues with that I think kind of sunk into me that was always there. Um, both of them had, um, you know, very different personalities. My dad was a big, loving type of person, loved everybody around him. But he had times where I could tell he wasn't as strong as he could be. And he would take it out through aggression, whether it was beating me and my brother or yelling at us or, you uh, you know, making false accusations about stuff or making up stories and excuses. Um, my mom, she never diagnosed, but I'm pretty sure she was schizophrenic slash bipolar. Um, biggest incident that I realized when that happened was probably twice. Once she thought I was my dad, um, threw a chair at me. She slapped the glass in my face, cut my face. Um, you know, just a really bad incident with that. And then um, one time we were in the car, we were having a regular conversation. And the next thing I know, she got really silent. And all of a sudden, she just started giggling. And I asked her what happened I said, what was funny? And she was like, what are you talking about? No one laughed. And it was just a really awkward moment for me. And then kind of going through my own journey made me recognize that um, this is kind of probably something that she's been dealing with for quite a while. Um, But relationship-wise, never really got to truly connect with mom. I ended up disassociating myself with her before before I was uh, married at the point in time that I got married. and now you know divorced um but also uh she didn't get to see her first grandchild because she died uh before that happened um in the oh, what, two months before my first child was born and for my dad um, you know we built a friendship on like we were buddies more than we were father son kind of relationship um you know he was like a drinking buddy he was a hangout buddy uh, when he came to town to see the girls the one or two times we got to see him it was just, you know, more of a kickback, drinking, watching football, talking, um, you know, just talking the ish to each other, just kind of shooting the breeze. Um, yeah, that that's that's kind of the relationship, the dynamic of everything is as a whole up into the point they've both now passed away. Um, Dad passed away one year, a little over a year after my mom did, which my mom died in 2013. Dad died in 2014. So definitely so an R&D and that was- to both of them.
0: And that was March, I know your mother, if I remember correctly, March 9th, right?
1: Yep. Okay,
0: yeah, I remember in our conversation one day, uh, we were since you're from Brooklyn, ironically, we were talking about, you know, B.I.G., and you said that that day obviously, uh, you know, resonates with you differently because you, um, you know, reflect on your mom. So, I mean, that's powerful, I mean, to think that having a strange relationship, you know, all throughout your, uh, your upbringing with your parents and then to lose them, you know at obviously still a very young age because I mean if you know doing the math I mean you're you're not that old yourself so your parents were relatively young when they passed and to lose them uh that that close together I know this has to have affected you and so walk me back to you mentioned obviously you know after high school you become an adult you also just mentioned that you were married and now divorced so talk talk us through that as well too like um, you know, you don't have to go into the intimate details of the relationship, but just kind of walk me through how that affects you, that not working out, not, you know, and then trying to move forward from that position in your life and trying to reset and, and get back to a, to a better place.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll even take it a little bit step further back. Um, so even talking into high school, so my very first relationship that I had um it lasted for probably about a year, maybe a little less than a year. Um, very first girl I ever dated, um, love her to pieces. We're still friends. Um, she's actually my sorrow. Um, she, she's actually the godmother to my um, youngest daughter. Very great relationship. Um, and it kind of set the, the pressing fact of how I am with my relationships. Even when I get out of relationship with women, I tend to still stay friends with them um, as a whole for the most part. But you know, fast forward, getting into college, I met my uh, now ex-wife. Um, I want to say my technically what would be considered my freshman year at ODU, but it was like my third year in college. Um, we we met each other online. We kicked it for a little while. Uh, she actually blew me off when I first met her, put gave me a rain check. So I called her a rain check. Um, you know, we ended up crossing paths later on uh, because my AK Psy uh, fraternity brother ended up being her uh, roommate AK is a co-ed uh, business fraternity so uh, yes my uh, brother is considered is she is a female um, and her roommate ended up being my uh, ex-wife so we got to hang out with each other a little bit more um, that relationship was an off and on relationship we got into um, you know boyfriend girlfriend for about seven months we broke up and then we just did the on again off again aspect because of me just because I always probably had um, A abandonment issues and B um, issues with women when it comes to relationships because of my relationship with my mother and the fact that she abandoned me and then I always sort of abandoned because you know people either leave or they die and that didn't help anything. Um, but needless to say, we were able to connect and finally find common ground and um, we both were getting ready to graduate or she got actually sorry she had already graduated and I started graduate getting ready to graduate and we decided to move in together. Um, Prior to that point, I was working um, at another company that I previously worked for. Uh, someone had made a false accusation against me and they were uh, had a pending uh, termination for me. That caused me a lot of stress on my body. Um, I actually had my very first panic attack um, in in the actual store where I had to get uh, hauled off to um, the hospital. And this is literally one month before uh, me and my ex were getting ready to move in with each other. So. Um, I ended up quitting that job because I was, I was better off in saying I need to leave this job because I'm never gonna be able to build anything with, some, with a company that doesn't, um, doesn't grow with me uh, and doesn't put trust in knowing that someone would make false accusations against someone, um, especially after the person's been terminated and they um, quit, on, quit on their own as well. Um, but long story short, she and I, we ended up moving in together Fast forwarding a little bit, um, roughly about two years after that, we uh, we just, we ended up getting married. Um, very loving relationship. We were already, we already set to have our first kid. We found out nine days before the wedding that we were having a kid. Um, you know, picture perfect. You know, couple. Um, you know, atypical kind of thing. She was the quiet girl. I was the butterfly. It worked out. We were opposites attracted. Uh, made two beautiful girls within um, two years time frame and you know, really happy lifestyle. Then things started to fall apart come year three um, slash four, um, start realizing a lot of things were not working out because uh, she wasn't fulfilling me the way that I needed to be fulfilled. And I wasn't fulfilling her the way that she needed to be fulfilled. Um, I started living my own life and doing things that I just wanted to do by myself. She was doing things um, to find herself within religion and finding herself within her friends. Um, and it led to me, honestly, just realizing that we weren't meant to really be together. We weren't meant to be in this uh, this relationship because at the end of the day, it was more of a friendship and we have to do what's right for each other. So I sat her down um, in 2019 before the pandemic happened and I told her, honestly, I said, listen, I want you to have the opportunity, given the age that you're at, to go forward and find love and find someone who's going to love you for the way that you need to be loved. And I said, I need to go find myself um, and I need to go figure out who I am. And I need to be alone for a little bit because I've been jumping from, you know, relationship to relationship. Although at the time there was someone who had my eye and then we ended up uh, dating for a short period of time um, after that. Um, it was another, you know, realizing kind of moment that again, I needed to be by myself and I've been by myself and out of a relationship for, I don't know, since the June of 2020, May, May slash June of 2020, I haven't been in a relationship since then, um, of any kind. And, um, I've been learning a lot about myself. I've been really focused in on my health, really focusing in on my, um, my mental state, making sure that I am, uh, building up. Um, a lot within me to be a better version of myself so I can be better for not only just me, but for other people and make an impact in the world.
0: Wow, what a testimony. So yeah, first of all, I mean, you mentioned you have two beautiful daughters that came out of the relationship. Uh, how old are they? And you know, what is it like the co-parenting process with your with your ex?
1: They are eight and six. Um, uh, I do I do want to call them out, Elise and Alyssa um they are the little loves of my life my little broke best friends uh as far as relationship wise it's great co-parenting is great she understands um you know what i'm uh, trying to obtain for me and i understand what she needs to go forward and try to figure out for herself and she is going to do that on her own time but as far as co-parenting it's great um if she wants me to come get the girls i'll come get the girls at the drop of a dime Um, If she wants to have the girls, I have no problem letting her and allowing for her to spend time with them. Um, I ensure that my relationship with my girls is very strong, given that my mom and dad did not have a strong relationship with me. And I think likewise for uh, my ex, I think it was important for her to maintain a relationship with me because um, her dad passed away when she was young and she only had her mom for a long period of time. And so I think she really wants to make sure that the girls have a good, strong father figure who is um, a very loving person. And she knows that I love uh, her still because she's a wonderful person, just not meant to be together with her. And the dynamic of that co-parenting works well because we 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 make it work for the girls because they're the most important thing. It's kind of like in leadership and learning that, you know, you're no longer the most important thing in parenting. You learn that guess what? You're no longer the most important thing in this world. It's about what you've created and, you know, cultivating that to make sure that they are given better than you had.
0: Yeah. You know, it was interesting. A couple of things that I want to highlight one, just, you know, the courage to just understand that if you're in a situation that wasn't for you, despite the pressures around you, despite, you know, you caring about someone to have the wherewithal to say, look, you know, Hey, um, this isn't, this isn't what I want. I know this isn't what you want. And, um, if I stay with you, I'm holding you back from you really being happy. And, you know, so uh, bravo there, just, you know, doing is the worst thing is to stay in something that, you know, is not meant to be. And just because it's what you think you're supposed to do. But then, you know, time goes by and it's just making you more miserable and doing more damage to you than good. And so just, you know, kudos to you for doing what you had to do there. And, you guys making a decision to hopefully end things as amicable as possible. And of course, still finding a way to co-parent your beautiful daughters to where you both have that relationship with them because something that you said resonated where you said, Hey, it's really, really important for me to have that great relationship with them because I didn't have that with my dad. And, you know, I was at a mental health conference back in October and the audience they've heard me say this before. One of the speakers, Jason Wilson, he's an author of many different books is a public speaker. He said one time he was having a conversation with his son, and the son asked him, he says, Hey, Jason, you know, why were you, how were you able to, um, or dad, excuse me, he says, Dad, hey, how are you able to be such a great father um, to me? Because your dad wasn't there. Your dad left you when you were like two years old. And Jason takes a look at his son. He says, You know, son, I gave you what I longed for. I gave you what I longed for. And I thought that was so powerful, me sitting there listening to that, because when we talk about ending the narrative, ending the stigma, not just with mental health, but just in how we're brought up. It starts with us deciding, look, hey, I was raised this way and this is what I want to do different. I don't want my kids to experience the same things that I experienced. I want to be better. I want to do better. I want to pass the torch, but show them more, right? So just again, man, kudos to you for just, you know, putting your daughters first and just making a way to be as amicable, amicable as possible uh, so that you can show them that love, that maybe you never received
1: and yeah so, it's definitely a tough place to be in um, when you don't know uh <laughs> what what to do and you kind of just figure it out uh, because it is truly what you long for that you do give your kids because you want them to have better than you ever had
0: that's awesome and so kind of before we kind of move forward because we we've kind of been brought up almost current to like last year the pandemic and no doubt, that's had an effect on all of us. Talk about first, just before the pandemic, right? And we'll get into the pandemic in a second. Where's your mental health, right? Where, where, what's been your mental health journey throughout your life? Obviously, dealing with, you know, tumultuous relationships with, you know, your marriage, right? Uh, issues with parents, you know, losing parents and death. Um, just talk about your mental state. Like, where, where were you? Were you ever seeing a therapist? Were you ever? Um, diagnosed with anything, or where, where were you at mentally before the pandemic began?
1: So, um, we'll take a step back into, uh, 2017. I had, um, honestly a nervous breakdown at work. Um, it was, uh, again, it was a situation where, uh, something got out of hand and it was really not a good situation. Um, I ended up being reprimanded for it at the end of the day, and I learned my lesson within it because you know I ended up doing the right thing, and that was the most important piece and that's why they trusted me that I wasn't trying to do something wrong and which I, why I appreciate my company I work for. Um, but it, it 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 was the added stress of that alongside of a failing marriage, outside of the all the other factors of like friends seeming like they were deserting me. Um, life seemed like it was starting to get a little bit pointless to where, it felt like the world was crashing down and I was literally going to, um, you know, at the time, a cubicle and it felt like I was going into a box. Um, and it was like the breaking point where like, I literally couldn't even sit at my desk um, for more than five seconds without having a panic attack. I ran to the restroom to try to get air and breathe and try to get my mental state together and I couldn't do it. And I started crying in the bathroom and um, one of the leaders at the time, they, they grabbed me and they started talking to me and said, asking me if I was okay. Um, they could tell I was sweating a little bit. They could see something was wrong. Um, and they they took me outside and they walked around with me. And um, then our uh, fearless uh, superior leader, our VP, she actually walked with me um, around the lake. And it was a really awesome feeling having someone like that be there for me. But I was so numb at the time that I couldn't even appreciate it at that point in time. It's just, all I could think was like, I can't go back inside, I can't go back there, I can't do this anymore, I gotta figure out how to end this, I gotta stop all this from going on, I can't do this anymore, I don't wanna go through this process anymore. And so the advice that she gave me, um, which I still appreciate to this day, is you have to be able to take care of yourself before you can be able to take care of others. Um, and if you can't give the best to yourself, then you can't give the best to others. And it resonated with me to kind to take time for myself, So. I went on a medical leave. Um, I was recommended to go see um, a therapist using um, you know, EAP, uh, which is our um, employee assistance program. And with it, I got a free eight sessions. Um, that was the start of all this. I went to go see um, the therapist, went through a few sessions. It didn't work out with the guy that I initially saw. Um, he was probably my worst therapist I've ever had. <laughs> Right. Um, uh, he literally, the only advice he ever gave me was, uh, when you wake up in the morning, drink a glass of water and take a shower, you know, water in water on, we're made up mostly of water. It'll help balance you out. And I was just like, I, I was like, you're, you're not helping with anything. I didn't even get to talk in the session. He spent 85% of the time talking, which I've learned from most, uh, therapists, they want to allow for you to talk, you know, 90% of the time and maybe 10% for them when you first meet them for the first couple of sessions um the second therapist I saw was a lot better um really nice guy can't remember his name but he was really nice and I saw him for the full um eight sessions and in it he had recommended me to go see a psychotherapist um I went to go see the psychotherapist um designation for uh depression and anxiety um with it kind of wasn't a surprise kind of was one of those like aha kind of like you know I kind of figured something had to be going on with my my mental state after, you know, being around him with him, sharing him with my intimate details about things that have happened in my lifestyle um, that I really know that messed me up for the most part. And with it, I I was able to figure out a lot about myself and understanding how to start to control it. Um, initially, it was medication that they wanted to put me on. I'm not a big person who takes medication. and But I knew I had to try something different to try to get my mental state to be and a better place than it was to try to figure out my feelings. Um, I started taking the medication. I was coming back to work. Um, that At that time, I was kind of apprehensive about coming back, but I wanted to put my best foot forward. Um, my mental state started to um, fix itself fairly quickly when I got back to work because they saw something in me, gave me an opportunity to be um, a SME, subject matter expert. Um, and one month after being back, I got promoted. Um, and that helped change a lot for me because, you know, finances will definitely drag someone down. And I wasn't making enough as an agent because I wasn't able to use the talents that were really given to me to be the best person that I could. My I'm way more of a supportive type of person, a leader type of person. I can coach up people. That's way more of my strength. And I wasn't utilizing that. And I had been turned down for the same position three times before I got it. Um, and it changed my attitude and it it made me realize I had to change my brand, which made me change my my mind state, which allowed for me to start taking a step back and looking at my mental state and saying, I have been really sad and depressed for a very long time. And I wanna wanna get out of what I call the hole, um, which is my metaphor or my my place where I say, I go to when I am not being DeAndre, I'm being um, a, a lesser version of myself. And honestly with it, I I had to figure out how to get out of that hole. Um, And normally most people who probably go into a hole or as I call it, they usually have someone who sticks their hand down and reaches out and pulls them out. I had 5 million hands reaching out for me the entire time. And I was just looking at them, but I'd rather sit in that hole than actually climb out of it. And with I finally took the opportunity of allowing for some hands to reach out and I started getting mentored. I started being um, pushed in a different way. I started being um, helped. And I realized I was climbing more and more out of this hole. And I finally got a firm grip of getting out of the hole. And I think that's also played a factor into my mental state in terms of why my divorce was imminent, because I finally recognized stuff for me. I knew my wife, um, you know, my ex-wife loves me um, very much in that, you know, with this all feeling so recent, there's like that blurred line of like where we stood with things for a while. But really, it's, it's one of those, like, I realize as much as you love me, you don't love me the way that I need to be loved. And um, I recognize stuff in myself that there is more out there for me, and for you, um, as well, when I talk to her. But I would say overall mental state looking at before pandemic, man, it was in a better place. Um, Prior to then, I was probably one of my Most happiest points I had firm footing on the ground, um, probably post pandemic after it started and it started and starting going through another relationship fairly quickly after Mm -hmm. uh, being separated, kind of destroyed my mentality. And I I went back into that hole, um, which was scary.
0: Yeah. So we're going to get to the pandemic in just a second, but I want to just call out a lot of just really really great great gems that you shared, um, you know, from, you know, 2017 onward to about the pandemic time. One is, you know, every, and something you mentioned about our EAP, and I've mentioned it before, um, you know, I I mentioned on the podcast before where I mistakenly called in, I went not mistaken, I called in to the EAP line one day to get tax information earlier this year. Like I just wanted to, you know, one of the benefits is we get like a free consult for taxes and a little bit of money and I needed to talk to somebody about that. So, but when I called, they picked up and they said, um, Hey, are you okay? Are you, uh, you know, are you, are you feeling depressed or suicidal? And at that moment, I wasn't, but I was caught off guard with the question. So I, I said, "No, I just want to talk to someone about taxes." So I called. Once I finished the tax call, I called back, and then that's when I was made aware of the EAP and the the, re- the free referrals and the the free sessions per issue and the the that that same EAP line serves as a twenty four seven crisis line itself, just for employees. Now while there's many, there's the 800-273-8255 for those going through a suicidal crisis that everyone knows and plenty of other lines, no matter what you may be going through, domestic abuse, violence, stuff like that. We had a dedicated line just for employees that we can call in anonymously and talk about what we were feeling and going through. I thought that was amazing because here I was, this was earlier this year. I've been at the company three years and had no idea. Um, so that's the first thing. Um, great Jim. there is Is this really guys, if you're listening, if you work for a great company, really do the exploration you know we get all that hr paperwork and we don't read it like read it and find out what they offer not just health benefits but what they're offering discounts um you know reduced pricing and free therapy or, or or free sessions free counseling um a lot of companies are really really focusing on mental health right now because they know how important it is so make sure you do your due diligence to do your research the other couple of things you mentioned too, deandre was Get finding a mentor, like getting close to someone you—the person you're speaking of—I know very well. She's a mentor of mine, and she's been a, a someone that's I've known since I started the company. Someone who I credit for where I'm at in the company now. And just hey, even though you said you were in that position not to receive it at that moment because of what you were going through, just to have someone to take you underneath their wing to talk to you, to help you reshape your career, to reshape your mentality is important. So I would urge all of my listeners, when you're going through a crisis, right? Not just related to work per se, but just in general, try to find someone that you can trust, even if they're not a therapist, even if they're just a trusted friend, someone you look up to, someone that you respect, that can be there for you, that can help guide you. And at the very least, just be a listener, right? Right. And the final thing that you mentioned that was a really really great call out uh, about therapy. Like you 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 held no no uh, tears back about saying, "Hey, I went to a therapist. You utilized those sessions, and he won't the one <laughs> that happens, <laughs> right?" Like we have to normalize. You know, for some of you guys who may be afraid to try therapy, understand you may not get it right on the first time. Some people don't get their marriage right on the first time. Understand you may get to know that person and they may not be a good fit for you, but still try it. Get to know them and see if it's if it's adding value. Do your part, come to the therapy session prepared, prepared to share. But your every therapist isn't for you, right? So be have the wherewithal to acknowledge that if you realize that you're not really progressing the way you should with that particular therapist, then maybe it's time to do some more research and find someone new. And it might take a few therapists to find that one that necessarily is not going to be perfect, but might be perfect for you and for what you need and how maybe you relate to them and to their background, how they speak, their age, different things like that, folks. So understand that you're not going to always find the right therapist on the first try. But if you realize that having some type of therapy, talking to someone can benefit you, my recommendation is to at least give it a try. Before you down it and throw it away, says, no, I don't need that, it's not going to help me, at least give it a try. And if that person isn't right for you, keep looking, right? So fantastic, you know, recap there, just talking about, um, you know, your mental your mental state pre-pandemic. So pandemic happens March 2020, for the most part. Um, for knowing you personally, I know at that point, you guys kind of packed up your desk and went to work from home permanently. That obviously had to be a change from being used to going to the office, as you mentioned, your social butterfly you're well-known, you go around, you know, you play games with people, you talk, you talk sports and life and, you know, feed off of everyone's energy. You know, back in the call center days, we had a lot of lunch, free stuff. A lot of stuff was always going on, a lot of energy in the call center, even though it was stressful, a lot of energy. So a lot of times we looked forward to being at work because it was fun. So t- you, you get basically swooped from that environment and get say, hey, go home and work from home and do all your conferencing, all your calls virtually. So let's talk about that. How does that affect you? What were some of the other
1: things going on in the
0: background as well in your life that affected you as well, post-pandemic?
1: Yeah, so, so it's interesting for me. I ended up going on um, a flight and then having to come back very quickly for something I was doing. Um, and I'm pretty sure <laughs> somewhere in there, I got maybe uh, COVID somewhere in there potentially. Not 100% sure because what ended up happening is I got sick once I got back. And all of a sudden, I just started feeling sick, didn't feel well. Um, and I'd already been um, sent home before all this had occurred. Um, I went and got tested for it after spending like a whole entire week being sick um, and being down and out. It was really terrible. And it was really hard because you had to be in a place by yourself and you can't be around other people. And I'm, I'm zoned off and there's no one else around me. All, all I can do is work from a laptop and there's no else around it's hard on your mental state. Like it's really hard to be alone um, during a time when you feel already kind of at your lowest, you know, because I'm already in the process of being separated and I'm, I'm sitting in a room, she's upstairs, I'm downstairs, we're living two separate lives um, and it's, it's it's hurtful. It's hard. It's like, it, it's, I felt myself somewhat getting ready to climb in that hole. The one thing that kept me out of it is the Uh, Relationship that I mentioned that I was um, kind of you know getting into. We were kind of loving on each other. We were very caring for each other. We had um, very much a respect for each other. We had known each other for years, and it kept me from being in that place. But that relationship started to fall apart, and that's what the reality of of me having to go home and no longer spend time with that person, or that person um, spending time with me, and we went our own separate ways. Where I really felt like I hit rock bottom, and I. Um, I went for a drive afterwards because um, after the moment of us, let's say breaking up, I started crying. I cried in front of my girls, which was hard. Like it was a big outburst. I ran out my door. I went to go drive to go find a safe space for myself. I didn't know where to go. Um, One of the relations I hadn't talked about yet are like the uh, bonus family or bonus moms that I've had in my life. Um, I went to um, them I went, I went to go see my, 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 my bonus family, and uh, my, uh, my mother is uh, a, and I mentioned her as my mother, I'll say that probably several times, not to confuse it with my biological mother, but she's my mom, needless to say. I went to her, and she is very much a preacher. Um, she, she's very much uh, into religion. She's very much my, my go-to when it's like, I'm in pain, I need someone to go see, I need a place to go. I went to go see her and I literally walked in the door, started crying. Um, You know, they freely let me come into the door. I don't need to knock or ring the doorbell. And I broke down and cried. And I was crying on the floor and she was holding me and she was praying for me. And um, my dad came down as well and and he was worried about me. Um, And the person, their son, who's like my brother, um, he came down and eventually saw me too. And he just asked me questions what was going on. I had to tell them about the, Separation. I had to tell them what was going on with me in the situation. Um, it was a lot, and I had packed like so much hurt and pain all in one moment that um, it allowed for me to, I guess, somewhat try to heal in that moment um, enough to get my mental state back together. I ended up driving back home. I sat around for a little bit, and I went at the time when I was still smoking cigarettes. I went into my sunroom, smoked a cigarette. And I decided I was gonna walk out that door and I wasn't gonna come back. I didn't take my car, I literally just walked out the door, started to walk around my neighborhood. I literally sat on a curb um, and cried and was looking crazy. And I, I had I think flip-flops on, some shorts on and a, a hoodie on. And I'm just sitting out here on the curb and people are driving by asking what's wrong with me. And I didn't say anything. I couldn't even bring myself to speak. Um, I ended up moving down further down the road, someone gave me a bottle of water. I remember distinctly thing. I even still have that same water bottle um, somewhere in one of my nostalgia boxes that I have. Um, but in it, I was ready to die in that moment. I was ready for a car to jump the curb, hit me, end it all. And, you know, felt like I was worth more dead than I was alive for my girls because they would get my insurance benefits and. They would get a better life because of that. And I was being selfish. Um, I ended up having a good friend who came by. She, she drove by, saw me once and didn't realize it was me. She drove by again, saw me. She stopped her car. And uh, my ex-wife, she called her church friends. Um, they came out and saw me. And, and eventually I had to bring myself together because I was just getting so annoyed with the people that were around me. I guess they served their purpose of getting me up to go, to go back home. Um, I got up and I started working, I started walking back to uh, my house and got back to the house, I shut the door, I locked the door. I was I didn't say anything to anybody for the rest of that evening. I just laid in that bed and cried. and I eventually opened up and called the uh, EAP again, um, and started crying the phone with them and telling them, I don't know what I'm doing, I don't know why I'm here, and went through my full explanation of like all the stuff that was going on, and they said, you know, you know, many times we can feel like we're not worthy or not feeling valued, but we all have worth and we all have value in that. We have to be able to find that within ourselves. And sometimes it's a journey and sometimes, you know, it takes things happening to us for us to realize how much value we do have. And they said, we'll set up a session for you. And, um, you know, It's the same therapist I've been seeing for a while now. Um, So I went from just the eight free sessions with her, trying to build back up my confidence to um, she and I are good friends, Um, or at least I feel like she and I are good friends. Um, But uh, it was hard. And it led me into even deeper into my health journey for the first time ever, because that walk that I went on, I sat in the sun for so much. I got dehydrated and I was burnt out. And I said to myself one day, I said, you know, I walked about a mile to do this. And I said, I wonder if I can walk further and, I, and how far can I push my body to see what I can do? So I started walking um, to, to take things off my mind about the whole situation, to give myself time to think. And I, I engulfed myself with music. Um, if, if anybody ever uh, didn't realize music is therapy in itself. If you find the right song, if you find the right genre for you. And I found all my favorite songs and I put them on my, um, my my cell phone, and I listened to them as I walked, and I just started walking. I, I, I walked one mile, then it two miles, and then I some days I walked three miles, and then four miles. I wasn't completely consistent with it, but I started picking up pace and being consistent with it. I was like, I can walk two miles per day. I'm going to do this two miles per day. I did that through the end of June, and then came July. I said, you know what? I'm going to push and try to lose as much weight as possible, and I'm going to push my body as far as I can, Because I started listening to um, this uh, famous uh, motivational speaker, I don't know why I can't think of his name right now. Of course, I wouldn't think of it because you know I'm sitting there talking about it. But need to say he pushed me. uh, David Goggins, that's who it is. Very extreme dude. Very, very much not for everybody, but definitely was a guy for me. Um, I set a goal to run slash walk 200 miles in the month of July, and push my mental state to something that was gonna break me down to build me back up. And July was tough. I every day I would get up, I would run in the morning, I run at night, I ended the month of July, um, over 200 miles, because the very last night of make trying to make the goal at like 10 o'clock at night, I went and ran um, a half marathon around my neighborhood by myself in the dark, with my headphones on. And I was finally in a mental state where I realized that by doing that half marathon, I was out of the hole. I was I was out of the hole, out of that bad relationship. Uh, well, not bad relationship. I was, out of, I was out of my own mindset of it being a bad relationship. And I was back on solid ground on my own this time. Because normally when I go in the hole, it has to be someone else to pull me out because I can't do it by myself. This is the first time ever I pushed my mental state to being able to get out of a hole that I had dug myself into. And I started getting better. I started seeing this therapist, you know, uh, every two weeks. And then that two weeks turned to only needed to see her every month. And now I'm at a point where it's only as needed. If something's going on, I can call her up, set up a session, talk a little bit, talk through my feelings, talk about relationships that I'm going through. Um, you know, things that are going on in my life. And I've learned to find my voice, um, to speak to someone and uh, you kind of touched upon it. You don't get this right the first time. I finally got it right. And I never thought it would be, in all honesty, for me being a black male, I didn't think it was going to be a white woman who, who was going to be my perfect therapist. Because by all means, the first one was a black male, didn't work out. Second one was a white male, it was a little bit better. The third one, it was a white female. And lo and behold, guess what? That was like a good fit for me. And maybe it's just her personality. It has something to do with her color. Um, but for me, it's just, it, was, it was an eye-opener kind of moment. Uh, but needless to say, my mind state started getting better and better and better and stronger and stronger. Um, despite the loneliness of sitting in a room um, by myself in a box away from people, not having um, that constant communication, I think if work would have never gone through that pandemic, I may not have ever truly had the time to fall into this hole because I've been too busy at work building myself back up. But I didn't have that there to do it. And I had to figure out things on my own for the first time ever. And it was an amazing feeling. And now I'm able to not only keep myself from having to go into the hole, but I can look down to the hole and actually help other people reach my hand out and pull them out. So, you know, I'm blessed to say that I not only got myself out of the hole and I've had other people help me get out of the hole, but now I'm turning around and doing the same that others have done for me and passing on um, and paying for the blessings that I got in my life.
0: Beautiful. That's beautiful. You know, because of some of the things you said, we're going to recap it on the other side. I'm actually going to do something that I've never done on, on the podcast. Um, And, and we're, we're going to break here and come right back because there's a lot of things that you said, and there's something special that I really want to do for the audience. so we're going to pause right here and come right back. This is the mental wealth podcast. So, you know, I, I just did something that I have not done in all of our episodes is take a break during, um, an interview. Obviously, if you're at this point, thank you so much for listening. Um, It's been a a longer interview, but a great story, a a great um, just testimony of what DeAndre is going through. But it was something that he was truly saying that was resonating with me. And if you listen to our most recent bonus episode, and if you've been just following us since the beginning, you know how important it is for me to support men and support us in just um, being in tune with our emotions and Ironically the week before last when I was planning on an episode. I had reached out to this um, artist that I discovered that's friends with uh, my brother and He had mentioned um, he had put out a new song and I'd heard it and I was like I was emailing him messaging him like hey like can you send that to me? I want to use it on the podcast for my bonus episode. We weren't able to get in touch in time but uh, He was able to reach out to me after the fact and I said, I'll find a place for this record because I really want the audience to hear this record. And it was when I was listening to what DeAndre just said, it uh, truly uh, sparked a light bulb inside of my mind. And so this song is called It's Okay to Cry. It's by Jay Chris. You can find him uh, on all his social media and all his music sites, Apple, Spotify. SoundCloud YouTube they will be in the episode notes. His Instagram. It's J2Y, J A Y Y, C O J-A-Y-Y-C-H-R-I-S-S underscore Official. J-A-Y-Y. C-H-R-I-S-S underscore official on Instagram. This is off of his new project that dropped on November 5th called Forward. It's a little EP with three records on it. And when I heard this song, it's okay to cry. It really, truly resonated. So hopefully you guys enjoy this for the first time on the podcast. First time we're doing this. It's okay to Cry by the artist J. Chris. Please look up him in the episode notes below. I hope you enjoy this song and we'll have the rest of uh, the interview with DeAndre Littles right after this.
2: Time, long as you can't wipe your eyes, it's okay to cry, it's okay to cry. Today's just not a good day, you want the sun, but lately all you feel is the rain. Looking out the window, painting all you see is the gray. Asking for a help and handing all you get is the hate, you be like, dang, everybody's the same. Always asking for your time and you do not hesitate, but when the roads reverse and you need some help because you hurt, you never get the help that you gave, I feel your pain. But that's what I went through one day Went through it way more than one day Some days felt worse than I did now And I always held it in when I fell down It's okay to cry sometimes It's okay to cry sometimes long as you can wipe your eyes It's okay to cry It's okay to cry there's nowhere to go, there's nowhere to hide Need a letter to go and just wipe your eyes This ain't the end of the road, this is just the beginning You got forever to go, forget everything that you know You gotta fall down in order to grow Gotta go slow to carry your load Sometimes you can't do everything on your own Gotta watch out for sticks and stones Even some words will break your bones Words can hurt too, just so you know. Honestly, you can't help but to feel so loved. It's okay to cry sometimes. It's okay to cry sometimes. Long as you can wipe your eyes, it's okay to cry. It's okay to cry.
0: All right, guys, we're back from the other side. Hopefully you enjoyed that moment. I just felt really moved by what DeAndre was sharing. Um, so many points I want to get to um, the recap, and then we'll kind of get to, uh, we spent a lot of time on your mental health. We're going to get to a your physical health as well too, because you've gone through a very serious uh, moment recently as well too. On a couple of things. One, I totally related to your story about, Remember, we, we connected last year about this program that you were going to in Atlanta for work. And I had been through that program already. We were kind of talking through it. And ironically, that because I got married that month when I got back from from the honeymoon, I was scheduled to go, I believe, to Rhode Island for work for a different type of training. Um, They canceled my flight. (laughs) They canceled that trip. But you had already, like, you had went. You were one of, and, and there was a couple other peers of mine as well, who had actually flew down, got off the plane, was already in the city of Atlanta, and then told, like, hey, nah, it's like, uh, we're, not, we're not doing this COVID, which is becoming a thing. And so I knew you were looking forward to that from, your, from a development perspective in your career. You were really excited about it, and that was, like, really the start of the pandemic. And so... Hopefully, obviously, in the future, you know, I know they end up doing that kind of virtually, um, you know, later on in the year. But hopefully you get experience that in person because it was definitely important for me and my career growth. And hopefully uh, you, uh, my brother, get the chance to experience that. But a few other things I wanted to highlight, too, was therapists. You talked about your therapist as a white therapist. Now, granted, I held a space just the other day and on Clubhouse about finding therapy for black people. There's a lot of black people who want a therapist that looks like them. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. Some people just want someone they can relate to. There's plenty of resources from Ayana Therapy, Open Path Collective, uh Therapy for Black Girls.com that you can look up and find a therapist that is that is black. But I would also say it's important that you mention that you know your therapist isn't black. And you had a black therapist, that person didn't work for you. So it's not no end all be all that it's because the therapist is the same color that they're going to relate to that you're going to appreciate them. Um, it's just about finding that right fit that right connection. And so having that therapist that you want is your, your, you know, is your prerogative, ladies and gentlemen, to pick who you want as your therapist, but don't limit yourself just based on color really do your research and find the person with the right credentials, the right background, the right listening ear to really hear you out, to help you through your problems. It, you never know who can be the right fit for you. So, so just a great call out there. And, and the last thing just the obvious of many things we mentioned, you know, going through your journey is just that you cry, just tears. And I think a lot of times as men, we talk about this being Movember and, you know, raising awareness and taking action for men's mental health. We were raised to believe that we shouldn't cry. Like I saw a a, a gif the other day on Instagram. The first part of it said it was a a black mother telling her little son, Hey, boys don't cry. And then that same boy grows up to be a man and he's in a relationship and she's saying, well, why aren't you emotionally available? Why don't you show more emotion? And so it's a, I'm so proud of you that you're able to just admit how you were feeling, what you were going through, that sometimes you do get emotional because there's nothing wrong with that. Jason Wilson, who I referenced earlier um, that I met in New York, I said this before as well, when someone asked him, what should be the definition of a man? What is a real man? He said, there should be no definition because the minute we define ourselves, we limit ourselves. So the moment we begin to define ourselves by what society says a man should be, we limit ourselves to only that definition. We only could color inside those lines, but that's not necessarily the case. And so just, again, proud of you being able to be living your truth, standing your truth. So glad that you're in a better space, you know, with the pandemic, the pandemic, was was good and bad for some people because, you know, a lot of relationships ended because maybe you realize, you know, how not compatible you were. But also too, it gave people more time to really think and find themselves and find out who they want, who they want to be, and what they want to do, and really forced us into that circle to really discover and um, to spend maybe a little too much time with ourselves, but to really get that healing that we needed. So again, just so proud of you and your journey. A, a wonderful example of going from triumph excuse me, trauma that you've experienced all throughout your life into some level of triumph. And so, as I mentioned earlier, we talked a lot about your mental health. Let's get to your physical health journey. Uh, I referenced at the beginning of our conversation, um, you were featured. You've also shared your story on Facebook as well. What happened uh, recently for you when you you decided for the first time in many years to go to the doctor?
1: Yeah, so... This is kind of the, the hard part for me in admitting that, you know, where I really didn't take care of myself was probably on the physical side. Um, I had been an athlete all through high school, um, got out of high school, and was going to plan to continue to wrestle outside of high school, but that didn't end up being the plan. And I kind of just kind of lost myself when it came to my health. I kind of just started drinking beer, um, smoking cigarettes, partying, drinking liquor, doing all kinds of stuff, you know, that wasn't good for my body. Um, and I started significantly gaining weight and it was like, uh, one of those, like at first it's like, ha ha, you just gained weight. Cause it's, you know, kind of like at the company that we're at, it's like everybody gains weight cause all the food that's around, but mm-hmm. it became more serious as I went along because, um, you know, I had gained a significant amount of weight and, you know, I started doing all your numbers and things weren't looking the best that they could be. And I said, you know what? It's been, I don't know, uh, I had almost claimed it at almost 20 something years, and I hadn't seen a primary care physician outside of just a physical last time I was in high school. And with it, I finally went to go see the doctor, doctor started doing some testing, um, saw some things, I I started explaining some things that went on with my body. And I mentioned that, um, you know, I had some, uh, not to be too graphic, but you know, just kind of call for what it is, um, some bloody stools. And, They thought, say, hey, this might be something. Let's kind of monitor as it goes along and let's kind of figure this out. Um, And then as of recently, I had to go see, um, you know, doctor again through patient first, uh, which was the reference point for the quickest way for me to go see someone um, based on what my primary care physician explained. And in going to see them, they they started doing some testing and say, hey, you need to go see a GI. Um, That GI led to me, you know, explaining what was going on with me they said share all my my significant things that have happened in my life health-wise and how I had pain in my stomach at times and there was issues with this that and the other and they said all right cool we're gonna do a colonoscopy and I was like you're gonna do a what I was like you're gonna take you're gonna take a camera and stick it up my behind nah I'm good on that <laughs> and he said listen you you have a choice in this you can choose not to do this you can wait until you are um 45 and you know you know, just hope for the best, or you can take care of this now. And in that very second, there's two things that popped in my head as he was stating that. Um, one, again, going referencing back to that VP um, and even my manager uh, currently that I have, so just seeing their faces in my head saying, you know what, you need to take the same advice that you'd be giving someone else right now. And, you know, most significantly, thinking of my little girl saying that if there's really something wrong with me and I don't find out right now, I might wait till 45 and then find out, guess what? I don't get to see them um, get married for the first time, or I you know, I don't live long enough to really get to see them grow up to be the beautiful women that they're going to be. And I say, you know what, I, I, got, it. I got this, I can do this. Um, I agreed, I set a date for it. Um, and just to kind of take a backtrack real quick, originally my date for going to go see a GI was set for October. I pushed to go see a GI sooner because I wanted to figure out what was going on. And I kept calling every day to find if there was appointments available. And eventually I did get this appointment that I'm referencing. Needless to say he set me up with a new appointment for about two weeks out to get this colonoscopy done. And if you've never had a colonoscopy done, um, you know, cause a lot of us, especially black males, we don't like to go see the doctor in the first place, but then let alone stick, stick a camera up our butt. Um, it is not a very fun experience prepping for it. the actual process is super simple um so just kind of talking through it um there is a liquid diet that you end up on um there's a restricted diet that you end up on and then there's a laxative that you have to take to clear out your body and it truly will clear you all out and you have nothing left in you and you will walk into that that room they put a little gown on you the process in terms of what i was going to find out had to be done um walk in the room they put a, a needle in me for uh, fluids and they put uh, something in my, uh, I guess, the saline or whatever, um, to put into my body, and I was out like a light. Woke back up, felt like five seconds later, and it was over. Didn't feel a thing. No soreness. No weirdness. No. Didn't feel less less than a man. <laughs> um, just it, it was it was relieving to have been done. Of course, I, I will give a shout out to my friend who took me um, and stayed the entire time. She is a great friend who made sure that I was taken care of. Um, but fast forward uh i was waiting 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 um for results first results came back through didn't look so good because i didn't know how to read them started doing the whole google doctor method where we like to do which we go into google and start typing stuff in to figure out what's wrong Web, with us yeah
0: WebMD. we like to diagnose ourselves with things but yeah, oh, go yeah. Ahead.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah yep absolutely um so i started doing that i was like oh man this is gonna be bad news so i called up because they hadn't called me yet and i said hey any news um and they hadn't actually set up the labs yet. You know, I was like, oh, is that a bad thing? They're like, no, no, no. Just mix up in the envelope. No big deal. We'll get back to you shortly. Um, doctor called me up probably about a week later. Um, and what I was told is if it was bad news, hey, we're going to call you until you come in. If it's good news, we'll just tell you over the phone and we'll keep it moving. Uh, they called me in. And um, I was, you know, really worried and really nervous and was sweating bullets about the whole situation because I figured this is going to be bad news. Um, Ended up not being so bad news, you know, kind of bittersweet. Um, It was a realization that there were some polyps in me. Um, The polyps ended up being benign, which was a good part, but they had cancerous tendencies on some of of it that they found. And they told me had I waited until I was 45 to go get my first um, colonoscopy, these things could have turned into cancer. And all I'm thinking is, I'm relieved that I don't have anything wrong with me. And I'm feeling like, you know, God stepped in to put those images in my head to tell me to step up and do the right thing, go ahead and take care of the situation. Um, because my main reason why I never saw a doctor is I don't want bad news. I don't want to go pay somebody to give me bad news. Um, but to the same quote that I said on the, uh, the interview, we, you know, we will cut our own lives short by not taking care of ourselves um, and knowing what's going on within our body, and in this, had I waited, I could have just been carrying cancer in my body and not know it, and just would have been the tough guy and the the, the guy who, who doesn't need to see a doctor because you know you know man, We'll take you know some juices and berries and make ourselves better. Um, no, I I wanted to figure out what was going on. I wanted to solve a problem. I solved that problem. Um, the bittersweet part for me is I had, every five years from now on, basically. Um, At 40, I got to go back and 45, I got to go back and 50, I have to go back um, just to make sure that there's nothing going on that is creating more polyps within my body and to make sure that there's no cancer that ends up back there. But at least I know now what I have to do um, to keep my body at its peak and to to avoid, um, you know, things that could create a worst case scenario for myself.
0: Oh, my goodness, man. What a... Again, this is just an amazing story because, again, when we talk about Movember, a.k.a. November, it's not just men's mental health. We Again, we spent a great portion talking about men's mental health and and your mental health and your journey. And that's very important. Obviously, this podcast, the Mental Wealth Podcast, you all listeners, you know, we talk a lot about men's uh, and women, uh, our mental health and wellness. But physically as well, that stigma um, with men, all men, in sp- but particularly in the black community as well. Well, we don't like going to the doctor. We, we avoid going to the doctor. We avoid, even if we do go, we may not follow their advice. We just kind of have that mentality to toughen it up. We're, we're men, this is what we do, we, we're good. And so, I mean, just imagine having, having had a PCP in nearly two decades, you know, being in you know your late thirties, having two children, working a regular good job with great benefits, by the way, right? Like you have healthcare. (laughs) Like, let's talk about that. I I can vouch. Like we have good healthcare. One thing you referenced earlier as well, quick, you know, we haven't name dropped the company we work for nor will we, but it's a great company, by the way, they do something called know your numbers that you can do, um, once a year, you go to a lab, you get your blood drawn, they take your waste measurements, they give you the results like the next day. So you know exactly like where your blood sugar sugar levels are, your cholesterol levels, or like anything important to your blood, you'll know. And by the way, just for doing that, they give us a couple hundred bucks and a payroll credit just for doing that once a year. And if you have a spouse, if you have someone else any dependence on your on your insurance, you also get money for them as well, too. So What a powerful incentive to just go get yourself checked out outside of your regular PCP appointments and stuff like that. But you decided not to do that. But so glad that you finally did, because now who knows what you could have saved yourself from down the line and gotten ahead of. At least now you know that there's something down there that could become an issue. And now you're cognizant of it. So, again, the lesson to all of my men out there and women who are married to some beautiful women who love some of our beautiful men, like encourage and push them to go to the doctor, go get yourself checked out, right? Many insurance companies, if you do work for a reputable company, give you a free physical once a year anyway, it's free. Um, And then mostly if you have great insurance, a lot of your, any doctor visits after that are going to be mostly covered anyway. Right? So don't let it be about a financial thing. Understand that this is your life. You get one life, make sure that you take care of yourself, both physically and mentally, man. So, so glad, really, DeAndre, to get just a, a glimpse into your story, your beginning, your middle. You haven't ended yet. You're still on this journey. I understand. Too recently, congratulations. You've closed on a purchase of a home. So, yeah. while you know you weren't on your own for a little bit last year, you're now back on your own, taking care of yourself. You're just in a better space, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, even. Um, just this talk, just just talk us through kind of just as we kind of wrap up here. Obviously, every, you know, everyone still has issues. I'm sure you still go through things, go through feelings, but talk, looking at yourself now, looking at where you are now, looking back at everything you've had to go through to get to this place. How do you feel?
1: How can you describe that feeling uh, in words? absolutely and before i touch on that i do want to share one little last thing about the the health part sure. um the, the the cost that we talk about what it takes to go to see the doctor right now and honestly i think this colonoscopy is going to cost me like 800 bucks um that saved me tens of thousands of dollars in going for cancer treatments and getting that figured out so just want to throw that out there for people who are worried about the the bill that's going to be up front versus the bill that they don't think about that could be afterwards if something does come up in all honesty great but uh, just talking about right now, like, you know, I like I have no shame in telling about people that I cry. And <laughs> I think crying is a very healthy um, place to be because there's tears um, when you are hurt and there are tears of uh, joy. And honestly, I sat downstairs after I put my furniture together um, for my couch and I got my TV mounted and I still got boxes everywhere as I unpacked. I, I literally looked around for like two seconds and I didn't even feel like it was coming on. And I just burst into tears, Um, just realizing kind of the same moment when I looked at my very first car that I ever bought and said, this is mine. I did this. And I looked around my place and said, this, this place is mine. Like, I'm going to be paying for this. I'm going to own this. This is going to be, this is going to be DeAndre's place. And I may sell it. I may rent it off or anything else, but this is where it all begins for me. Like I'm starting a A new chapter of my life and it feels good um you know i i am in a great state with my team um at the job that i'm at and i love them to pieces they get on my nerves but i love them to pieces regardless because they're incredible people and that's just how i am with people i love i love hard on people and i very much a giver and i'm learning that you know it's okay to be a giver don't be a people pleaser and in this, like all the giving that I've done, it's kind of come back full circle for me. It feels like almost, um, you know, I was given a second chance of life um, to move forward and do more and be able to uh, encourage others. And I'm encouraging others to go out and seek, you know, a doctor, getting a primary care physician if you don't have one. You know I say that to both men and women. I know women are way more likely to have it. But hey, brothers out there who are listening to this definitely go out to get you a PCP because it's better to know stuff than it is not to know stuff. Um, and really just, I'm grateful, I'm blessed. I'm, I'm, I'm in a good mind state of figuring out what um, a healthy relationship should look like. I'm able to tell um, the difference between, you know, a right relationship and a bad relationship. I'm able to create better friendships with people because my mental state's in a place that I, I know who I am now. I, I know how to pe- tell people no. I know how to tell people, yes, I know how to give unconditionally, but also be able to reserve some for myself. Um, There's a lot of things that could have gone on in my life that could have ended things. And um, there's a lot of things that still could do that. But I push on, I move forward. And uh, the tears and joys that I cry are probably some of the best tears I've had in a long time. I stopped crying about the sad things that weren't going right for me. And I'm finally able to cry about the things that are going right for me. And even being able to share this story and be vulnerable and open up, this is the testament to going to see a therapist and being able to openly talk about this on an open forum. And, you know, I appreciate you giving me the platform to come out here and talk about where I am with my mental state and my, you know, my health journey. And I, you know, I, this again, this is just another blessing that I hope that I'm able to be a voice, um, you know, to the people that listen to you and to the tens of thousands, I'm sure that do listen to you. And, hopefully it reaches one heart. If it reaches one heart, you know, that's going to make me feel even better about, you know, being on this journey, because I know that I'm finally able to impact, you know, one person's life the same way that somebody out there impacted, you know, at least me. And it made a change in me and made me want to be the best man that I could be and make the changes that I needed. And um, just want to say, you know, for me, this journey is never going to end, because um, I'm always going to be an advocate for both, um, you know, you know, men, black men, um, you know, really those who are, uh, of that generation that's been told you can't cry that of those who have been told, um, it's not good for you to go see a therapist. You need to be an alpha male. You need to be this, you need to be that. The only thing that you need to do is be you and figure out who you are, um, and, really just just go forward and and make that first step to doing something that's gonna make you the best person that you can be and go see that therapist go see that doctor um, yeah that's that's what I got man I'm, I'm I'm a happy place um and i I even have uh, uh, friendship back with the person that I was in that relationship with um, that I mentioned earlier that um, you know we ended things and that's probably one of the biggest changes that's kind of opened my eyes and I'm healthy enough to go back to Um, being able to do that with a relationship and being able to be secure in knowing that I can be friends with that person after everything that we've been through. And it's, again, it's just a testament to a good therapist getting my, not my, my mind, body and spirit aligned and figuring out who I am. And and kudos to you, man, for doing this, what you do. Um, You know, I want to give a big ups to you overall for bringing me on as a special guest. It was completely a surprise and um, you know, I'm probably going to have some tears about this later on when I go to talk to my therapist and say how happy I am to have been able to do this.
0: You know what, brother? Um, I'll end it here and just say a few things. I want to give you some affirmations. I think it's important for men uh, to, to affirm each other um, and to, to send love to each other. For you know, In both of our roles, right? We, we both are leaders. We're both uh, in management and we have the responsibility to lead people, uh, to lead men and women. And it's so important um, before you be, you're a leader, you have to be a follower. You have, to, you have to lead by example, lead by your action. And so that's what you're doing with your story. You're, you're leading because you're showing, you know, w- by your actions and what you do. And I want to remind you of how important your voice is, brother. I want to remind you of how important your journey is, right? Because one of my favorite quotes in this entire world is that, you know, when you share... You have no idea the power of your share because one day someone else will listen to your story see how you overcame and overcome your obstacles and your playbook will become their survival guide. Someone will Mm -hmm. literally survive because you decided to share, because you decided to be vulnerable and share things with us that maybe you had never shared with certain other people besides maybe just your therapist or a close friend, but someone listening, I guarantee you will say, you know what? I'm gonna go get myself checked out physically. I'm gonna go see what resources my job offers. I'm gonna go take that next step. And if that's what, what we're here for, then it's worth it, right? It's worth it because we can change the trajectory of people's lives. We can motivate people to change we can motivate people to g-o-y-a like one of our our favorite mentors says and kar right and so I, I just want to send you that love bro i'm so proud of you man keep your journey going don't stop uh never be ashamed of it you are strong you have so much power my brother and i'm so honored to have had you a part of this special november episode of the mental Well podcast
1: Thank you so much, brother. I truly appreciate it. And I'll end on this. Um, I believe it was Booker T. Washington said, you know, if you want to lift yourself up, lift someone else up first. Um, and brother, you're definitely doing that. You're the you're the epitome of uh, excellence right now for me. And, um, you know, I, if I never told you before, I look up to you, man. You know, wonderful thing with the things that you're doing. You may not know it, but I've always kind of listened in when I can. And I all the wonderful things that you're doing. Keep doing it, man.
0: Appreciate it, man. Much love to you. DeAndre Littles. Listen, first of all, um, just thank you so much, DeAndre, uh, for your your you being brave and your confidence and your courage to share some of the most vulnerable places of your life. There's so many of us out there right now who are just unwilling to share. And that's a part of the problem of why the stigma hasn't ended yet, because so many people are just holding it within. So thank you so much for lifting up your rug, not sweeping it underneath the rug, but fully exposing who you are what you're going through and as we just mentioned someone's life is going to change someone's life is going to be saved because they heard uh what you're going through brother so thank you again so much wish you nothing but peace love and high energy and i hope you guys have to listen to that conversation are going to have a moving november right just a few days left in the month many of you are off to spend some time with your family throughout the holidays uh Maybe you have some time off next week of truly reflect, reflect, take a few moments over the next week or so and just really think, how can you affect, how can you change someone's life, particularly a man's life? What can you do to make it easier for a man to be vulnerable, to show those emotional sides, to open up and to truly take actions to take care of themselves physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually all the above listen we'll keep this outro short because this has been a long episode i know thank you so much for making it to this point uh for for staying with us and hopefully hopefully you enjoyed this Uh, we got so many really amazing things uh, coming up here to finish out 2021 it's been an amazing year we've been podcasting for seven months now uh 26 episodes two bonus episodes we're just so thankful for the growth and uh continue to stay with us and this is always new Affirmations. Now, these affirmations are um, particular to Sunday. Now, this was shared with me by none other than my friend, uh, Alana Rule, who I interviewed a few weeks ago, as you know. She's always sharing some really great things on her platform. But originally, this was authored by J underscore Ivory. So, we'll give you the credit. So, anyone who knows that person online, definitely reach out to them as well. Uh, but Sunday affirmations, mm, I knew I could do it. I knew I could get through the hardest days and still be standing. I'm so proud of myself. I have the heart of the Christ, the hand of God is on my life. I'm reaching my goal, showing up as my best self and living life to the fullest. I am someone's blessing, someone's sign to keep going. I am needed in the earth. And the last affirmation that I'll, I'll leave you guys with that I saw Uh, Shared with me by my friend, Doc Rich, who I interviewed many moons ago. Um, Doc Rich, hope you're doing well. Uh, It says, I survived because the fire inside me burned brighter than the fire around me. Let me repeat that. I survived because the fire inside me burned brighter than the fire around me. Extremely, extremely powerful. All my men out there, please hold on. Hold on. Surround yourself with love. Surround yourself with people who truly care about you. Hold on. Better times are coming, I promise. Continue to to go to places that are safe for you to share, to be who you are, and to get the healing that you need. Let's move the needle in November, but not just when when, when November, November ends, the rest of the year into next year. Let's continue to take action together, brothers, and take care of our physical and our mental health. Listen to all of my listeners out there. My name is Justin Little, the host of the Mental Wealth Podcast. I love each and every one of you, and there's nothing you can do about it. I hear you. I see you. I feel you. We'll be back next week. Take care.